This is All India Radio. Life must go on. All India Radio, in collaboration with Vigyan Prasar, presents science serial Life Must Go On, based on understanding and managing sustainable development. Let's listen to episode number 50, titled Early Warning Systems. Well, listeners, now the weather report. The cyclone Vardha will cross the coast around 4 a.m. today between Chennai and Kudalore with a wind velocity of 190 km. It may bring heavy rains in the coastal area. The rainfall expected to be around 21 cm. Cyclone warning flag number 5 has been raised in Chennai. Fishermen are not advised to go to the sea. The sea would be very rough. The tides may rise up to 2 meters. The coastal people and fishermen community will be evacuated very soon. Now, the Revenue District Secretary speaks to the people. Dear people, according to the weather report, a strong cyclone is expected to hit our coastal area. Strong winds will flow. Heavy rain will come. So, we have taken so many precautionary measures. We will take all coastal people to the cyclone protective shelters. We will provide all the relief. We have enough stock of food, fuel and everything. No need to panic. The schools and colleges will remain closed for three days. Thank you, Mr. Secretary. Yay! Mummy, no school today and for another three days. We can enjoy with TV shows, yes! Oh, Ravi, don't jump. It may be happy news to you. But the poor people have to leave their homes. They are going to suffer a lot. Yes, Mama. He is not at all worried about the poor people. Uh, but Yes, yes, Sarita. He doesn't know he is going to be affected. Uh, but If the wind is high, the electrical posts will fall down. Trees will fall down. Mm. Whole electricity will go. And then, where to see the TV program? Uh, is it so, Mother? Yes, and not only that. Milk supply will not be there. Drinking water may be contaminated. So we have to be alert and prepare ourselves to face the wrath of cyclone. Though we live in Pakka second floor flat, but we are warned of this cyclone. The holidays for school itself is an early warning by which students are prevented from coming out of their homes, you see. Yes, 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 Mama. This early warning helps us to face dangerous situations. Earlier, this system was not there. Then how did they manage? You know, Ravi, in ancient times, they related flood to the position of stars. In ancient civilizations, Egyptian people believed that the appearance of Sirius star would bring flood in the Nile River. Oh, Plus, people in different civilizations looked after the sky for the warnings. What? Even appearance of comets, eclipses, full moon, new moon were used as warning systems. Listen, listen, pay attention. Uh, yeah. And you know what, Ravi? Later, these periodical happenings were recorded in Panchangam which was the referral book for rain, droughts, floods, etc. Still today, the astrologers based upon this predict and warn the people, you see. Astrologers? But how come? And uh, were their predictions accurate? Sometimes. 
but many a time astrological predictions were unsure and not dependable hmm. but now we have a very well developed scientific prediction hmm. that is giving warnings related to climate disasters using satellites and computer modulations yes oh. mama the prediction by our meteorological department helped to save lives and properties in recent odisha cyclone and vardha cyclone of tamil nadu uh, but vardha cyclone has uprooted nearly a lakh trees damaged glasses of high buildings and thatched roofs of so many houses and so on such a big disaster it was but by god's grace no life was lost hmm. this was due to precision warning by the meteorological department as per their warning the wind speed and rain was reported you see mm, yes ma but ma what about a warning system for other natural calamities by which we can warn the people now that is a very good question ravi you know it is fortunate that an expert is interacting with the people in a program tomorrow at air mm. she is going to answer the question of calls from the listeners too Why don't you two participate in that program tomorrow? Uh, mama that is a very good idea. What say Ravi? Yeah, but we'll call from here only. We won't go. You do what you want to do. Uh, we'll call from here only. Welcome radio listeners and our wonderful studio audiences. Every week in this hour we invite an expert in science and technology and have interactions with the radio listeners as well. Today We have an expert in the field of disaster management with us, Dr. Valli. Thank you. Thank you so much. We are happy to have such a renowned women scientist in our program after such a long time. The radio listeners and the studio audiences have many questions on the issue of disaster management, and we are also expecting phone calls with questions from our listeners. Let us have a wonderful program today. Good evening Dr. Valli and welcome to our studio. Good evening. I'm really happy to be here in All India Radio. All India Radio is doing a wonderful science communication program which is commendable. I've also participated in Vigyan Prasar radio program um earlier in our state and the radio serial by Vigyan Prasar is actually very interesting. they are sustaining the science communication program and the tempo in all the serials yes ma'am our station is very much grateful to vigyan prasar and prasar bharti for continuing the science radio serial and we are able to mobilize a lot of script writers and experts for various serials thus we connect the scientists with the people silently but with sound waves <laughs> You have a great sense of humor webham I must say thank you dr valli <laughs> and we are having a lot of questions on disasters disaster management and also the early warning systems related to this that's great you know it may be due to day to day experiences and the devastations caused by disasters in various places all over the world people want to know the science and technology required for safe living yes yes madam you are absolutely correct shall i read some letters first till the online callers come yeah let us start the first listener who has written to us is from rameshwaram uh-huh. his name is subramaniam and he asked a question about uh, what are the different types of disasters look mr subramaniam there are two types of disasters 
First is the natural disasters and the second is the man-made disasters. Mm -hmm. Natural disasters may come within our earth or from the sky like asteroid or meteoroid hit or solar winds, which are very rare. They can be predicted by our modern science and technology. The natural disasters within the earth like the earthquakes, tsunamis, floods, drought, forest fire, avalanches, landslides, volcanic eruptions, the pest attacks, communicable diseases, we can list them all. Thank you so much for that wonderful explanation, ma'am. And uh, now, Dr. Walli, we have uh, one of the audience members would, who would like to ask a question. Sure. Sir, your name and your question, please. Uh, hello, sir. Uh, hello, madam. Uh, my name is Shanamuga Sundaram and I am from Madurai. Mm -hmm. uh, first of all, I'd like to thank you so much for coming today. Huh? And I have a question too. I want to ask you, uh, can you list some of the man-made disasters? Sure. Man-made disasters include road, air, ship accidents, fire accidents, stampedes, industrial and nuclear disasters, oil spills and mines disasters. Actually, we have already covered all these in the previous radio serial on managing the disasters. Madam, they all sound so dangerous. How to escape from disasters from the space? Look, we are watching the space by various satellites and astronomical telescopes and we are also mapping their movements so we can find out the time, distance and inform the public. Our Earth is almost safe now. So no need to worry, Mr. Sundaram. It is a very, very rare event and the debris reach is very minute that have not so far killed any human being. <laughs> uh, but madam, it happened during the dinosaur period and they were all wiped out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is true. Mm. And if such a thing happens, we also would be wiped off. Such a mega hit may definitely be dangerous. But uh, it will be a rare event. That is a wonderful explanation, Dr. Valli. And now let us take a letter from the listener, Mr. Vardharajan from Shivagangai. And he asks that how do we predict earthquakes? That's a very simple question. Now we are able to predict earthquakes in advance. We are having two earthquake warning centers in Uttarakhand, which will detect a magnitude of 5. They will warn us before 1 to 40 seconds. Haryana state also has one center. And also, we have identified earthquake-prone regions. So, we have been giving warnings how to face the earthquake disasters and aftershocks. Uh, madam? Yes? It is being told that animals can predict earthquake in advance and move from that area. Is that true? Uh, it sometimes may be true. But that cannot be taken as a face value. Hmm. We have identified earthquake zones all over India. Sometimes we have mapped the expected strength of earthquake in different zones. Okay. Dr. Valli, I am happy to inform you that we have our first telephone call from one of our listeners. That's good. Good uh, evening. Hello, dear listener. Please tell your name. Good evening. Uh, I am Sarita from Chennai speaking. Good evening, Sarita. What's your question? Uh, madam, uh, are there any organizations for warning systems of disasters? 
Sarita, we are having the World Meteorological Organization that regularly collaborates with various agencies, particularly the International Strategy for Disaster Reduction, to improve natural disaster prevention and mitigation. The World Conference on Disaster Reduction held at Haigo, Japan in 2005 gave stress on the identification, assessment, and to monitor the risks and enhance the early warning. I also recall another WMO commission for basic systems providing assistance to prepare guidelines to reduce impact of any disaster through national meteorological and hydrological services for each nation. Okay, uh, madam, uh, how will the early warning systems help the community? Good question. Let me tell. The early warning systems help to reduce the risk of death, injury, property loss and damage. The warnings are made effective by extending the lead time of warning, improving the accuracy of warnings, greater demand for probabilistic forecasts, better communication and dissemination of warnings, using new technologies to alert the public, targeting of the warning services to relevant and specific users at right time and at the right place. And warning messages are understood and appropriate action is taken in response. Th thank you. Thank you, madam. Thank you so much, Sarataji, for your call. And Dr. Valli, I was thinking, though we have a system of coordinated effort for early warnings, <laughs> how will that be made useful for the community? Yes, Babha. Mm -hmm. This is what is called people-centered warning systems. All right. The people-centered must integrate four key elements. And uh, Dr. Valli, what are they? Yeah, I'll tell you. First, the knowledge of the risks already faced in a given area. Second, technical monitoring and warning surveys. Third, dissemination of meaningful warnings to those at risk. And fourth, public awareness and preparedness to act. All right. These are the guidelines given at the third international conference on early warning held at Bonn, Germany in 2006. Thank you, Dr. Valli. And uh, here we have another one of our audience members who would like to ask a question. Yes, ma'am. Your name and your question, please. Hi, ma'am. Hi, sir. So, uh, I want to ask, um, how will these be exactly translated at the field of disaster expected areas? This seems to be an appropriate question over here. This is actually called people-centered early warning system. The early warnings need to be, number one, Clearly understood by people. Second, easily and readily accessible to people. Number third, it should be timely. And fourth, it should be tied to response to actions to be taken by the people in advance of and after the event. Ma'am, uh, please add an example for each. Sure. For the first, the warnings should be in local language. It may be an oral announcement through AIR, loudspeakers or through visual media like TV, social networking sites or through public screening, poster displays, through print media like newspapers and magazines. Ma'am, example for the second one please. Sure, the warnings must reach the people easily. They should be easily accessed by them in that area. 
And for this, each hamlet must be reached by public address system with speakers. And various other relevant methods like public awareness tools through gatherings and meetings should be there. Oh, and what about the third one, ma'am? The third one. That is, the warning must be timely, right? It should be given in advance. If it is not given in time, there is no use at all. For example, the 2004 tsunami along our east coast had led to a loss of almost 2,20,000 lives. Such devastation. So sad. True. And if we had an early warning system, we would have saved all the lives. This is being done in the Pacific Ocean areas, which are based at Hawaii. But at that time, unfortunately, India was unknown of tsunami. And no warning system in our Indian Ocean was developed then. But look, nowadays, we have a well-developed tsunami warning system with international connectivity. Another example is the early warning of Odisha Philin cyclone few years back that completely saved the human lives. And only 21 people lost their lives. Because of the early warning system, that was people-centric. Thank you so much, ma'am. This was really informative. Could you please shed some light on the fourth one as well? Sure. The fourth one, that is... Tied to response to actions to be taken by the people in advance of and after the event. I mean it. Yes, warning alone won't help the people. This is very, very important. Without appropriate guidance to cope up with the situation, it is not useful. Moreover, government Particularly, the local self-government should take actions with the community participation. Could you please cite one example for this, ma'am? Sure. With pleasure. Uh, for example, during the latest Vardha cyclone in Tamil Nadu coastal area, the Revenue Secretary announced through print and visual media that people have to move to cyclone protection shelter. And they listed out the arrangements that were made to take them and look after them. Thus, the life of coastal people was finally saved. During this cyclone that crossed the coast with a wind speed of almost over 160 kilometers per hour, after that havoc, people were advised to take safe bald drinking water, go for health checkups, given health awareness hygienic food, but the cyclone had already damaged their coastal habitations, their boats, the fishing nets, power supply, livelihood as well. This usually happens very slow in many of the countries. These are the areas that we have to strengthen immediately after the event. Thank you so much, Dr. Valli, for that lovely explanation. And here we have another caller joining in. Sure. Hello. And uh, I can see that this caller is from the same number as before. Oh. Hello. <laughs> Welcome. Uh, hello. Yes. Hello. Yeah, is it audible? Yes, yes, it is. Please, sir, tell us your name and your question. Uh, thank you. Uh, I'm Ravi, uh, brother of Sarita. So calling from the same landline. Welcome to the program, Ravi. Please go ahead. 
yeah, thank you, ma'am. Uh, ma'am, I, I had a question that can you explain in detail about the four early warnings? Sure. First of all, there should be knowledge about risk which includes hazards and vulnerabilities. It requires systematic data collection and analysis. This data must consider the socio-economic conditions also. Risk data should be based on applied research regarding hazards. Development of historical database of the past severe disasters, production of hazard risk assessments and development of a national risk management plan for regional and local applications. Uh, Ma'am, can you please cite an example? Why not? Take the Chennai flood in 2015 December as an example. The data regarding flood and its disasters the rainfall was around 60 centimeters in two spells in a given month. Because of this heavy rain, the storage tank was full suddenly. So, they opened the floodgates and as a result, the flooding took place. It caused a heavy loss of human lives and property. And this may be due to the lack of risk hazard data and vulnerabilities. But this 2016 December rainfall was expected to fall at 21 centimeters. The rainfall was actually close to 21 centimeters. It was 19 centimeters. Because of last year's data and vulnerabilities, this time government was able to take precautionary measures and give earlier warnings. Oh, okay. Uh, Ma'am, thank you so much. Uh, very well explained. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you, Dr. Vali, for that explanation once again. And uh, we have another question from our audience. Sir, your name and your question, please. Uh, sir, what are the steps to be taken regarding uh, preparedness of the community? Uh, my name, uh, my name is Prem Babu, sir. Prem Babu, um, see, this is enhanced through the public education. The people should be familiarized with the danger of the hazards, the dissemination channels and the meaning of the warnings and actions to reduce the losses and damages. I hope you're getting my point. The awareness of natural hazards should be covered in the school curricula at all levels. I can see a lot of young crowd over here. Mass media and internet should be used to spread information. Special publicity and education campaigns may be needed to cater for special community groups like the fishermen community as and when necessary. There are primers and books by which communities are educated. Uh, madam, the other side also needs improvement, isn't it? Sure, it definitely needs improvement. And this is called the capacity building of warning specialists in disaster management groups. The following are to be enhanced. First, ongoing maintenance and improvement of infrastructure. Second, development and improvement of technical, operational and dissemination capabilities. Third, pure and applied science researches. Fourth, periodic training to the staff, the partners and stakeholders. And finally, Public education and awareness. Wonderful, Dr. Valli, wonderful. I have to say that the information in your explanations has been so much enlightening. 
And now we will be winding up the program with just one final question from you. Sure. That is, what about the existing warning systems in India? That's the one-time question that you have asked, Webhav. Thank you. We have established National Tsunami Early Warning System mm -hmm. that comes under Ministry of Earth Sciences and is coordinated by the National Centre for Ocean Information Services at Hyderabad. All right. It has established 17 seismic VSAT stations, two centres of seismic stations to provide seismic alert by SMS an email within two minutes to the experts. The whole system comprises of 25 seismographic stations, 26 national tsunami information centers, six deep ocean assessment and reports of tsunami buoys. The data is being processed by the US Pacific Tsunami Warning System. And the warning will be issued by SMS, radio and TV, through sirens, loudspeakers, police vehicles fitted with speakers, and our center is monitoring the Indian Ocean for tsunami. It is helpful to at least 28 countries across the world. That's excellent information, Dr. Valli. In addition, we have earthquake warning units at Uttarakhand and Haryana. We have Indian Meteorological Department that completely monitors the weather situations. And the day-by-day -day report is also being issued. Because of the strengthening of this department, we were able to evacuate people from habitations very well in advance. We reduced casualties, particularly during the 2013 Philene and 2014 Hudhud cyclone that hit Odisha and Andhra Pradesh respectively. Now, for example, in the year 1999, super cyclone took the lives of 10,000 people. But in 2013 Philene cyclone, it was around only 21 people in Odisha. In 2014, Hudhud cyclone, it was 46 people in two states, which was comparably much less. Satellite phones were distributed to representatives of 14 vulnerable districts of Odisha. Thank you so much, Dr. Valli. Thank you so much. You have given very elaborative scientific awareness to our listeners on early warning systems on disaster management. Thank you so much. My pleasure. And thank you so much for all the audiences to have joined us in the studio, as well as to all the callers. Thank you very much. Life must go on. You were listening to the 50th episode of This Science Serial, produced by All India Radio, in collaboration with Vigyan Prasar, titled Early Warning Systems. Coordinators were Dr. Chandar Mohan and Dr. B.K. Tyagi. Research and script, P. Rajamanikam. The episode was directed by Sudarshan Kumar. Presented by Dilip Jha. Recording and mixing, Sharad Sharma. And the participating artists were Vaibhav Srivastav, Naina Sagar, Vasundra Bose, Megha Sharma, Tanvi Khurana, 
रक्षित थापलियाल प्रांशु एंड ममता मलकानी हे लिसनर्स प्लीज स्टे विद अस हियर आर टू क्वेश्चंस फॉर यू द लकी विनर विल गेट अट्रैक्टिव प्राइस फ्रॉम विज्ञान प्रसार द फर्स्ट क्वेश्चन इज व्हाट आर द टू टाइप्स ऑफ डिजास्टर्स एंड द सेकंड क्वेश्चन इज the national tsunami early warning system coordinated by the national center for ocean information services comes under which ministry under the government of india you can send in your answers by simple post our address is science serial life must go on all india radio room number 615 new broadcasting house sansad marg New Delhi 110001 You can also write on our email ID that is radio@vigyanprasar.gov.in Please do write your full name age and profession If associated with any science club then do let us know the membership of your club If you have any query or question related to our program Don't hesitate to write into us. We will be back again with the next episode of this science serial. Life must go on. Same day, same time next week. Till then, goodbye.